My name is Mary, and this is my story. It wouldn't be my story if it weren't mine to live. And God was gracious to give me the privilege of living it out. People have an image of me placidly living my life and receiving and accepting whatever came my way. But I'm just like you. And the path that God gave me to walk was anything but placid and calm. I have hopes and fears and dreams just like any regular person. But I came to a fork in the road in the early part of my life when I had to answer the question, either my will be done or thy will be done. That fork in the road, by the way, is for everyone. I just got to it before you did. And I chose to walk in the path of God. And his plan has been beyond anything that I ever could have imagined. My story opens in a little town called Nazareth in the middle of nowhere. Everybody knows my name now. In fact, some of you are named after me. But back then, nobody knew my name. No one had ever heard of me before. Because I was a nobody. I was about 14 years old, with no education, born to a simple family in a simple village in the middle of nowhere. And it's because of this that I was precisely the right reason that God would come to me, that the Savior would be born through me. Because God chose to come into the world through a person like me, so that all would know that he came for the lonely, he came for the forgotten, he came for the hopeful, and he came for the poor. What a strange way for God to come into the world through my stomach, through my womb, you may ask the question, what's so special about her? The answer is quite simple. There's nothing special about me. There's everything that's special about God. But God wanted to show why he came to the world, and so he started with a person like me. As I said, I was about 14 years old, and I was engaged to be married to Joseph, a builder in our village. He loved God. That was one of the things that attracted me to him. And so I was pleased when he chose me to be his wife. And when he came and he talked with my father and he brought the wine and the cup of wine and he drank it and my father drank it and then he gave it to me. I thought this was God's will for me and so I drank as well. For I also wanted to follow God and I thought the best man I could choose would be one who wanted to love God. And so began our year-long betrothal when Joseph was building a house for us to live as a family. And I began mending my wedding garments and purchasing Bride magazine, which was at the local. I'm just kidding, of course. There was no such thing. But there were many preparations, things to be done to get ready to live a life with my husband. I know that my husband has already spoken with you, so I'm going to skip parts of my story but I was busy with my life, suffice it to say, preparing, much like you might be doing during this Christmas, all the while being oblivious that God was moving in a mighty way all around me. It's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and to lose the reality that God is always at work and always alive, 
moving in our own lives, charting the path that he has for us, for he is nearer to us than we would ever believe. And so God came to me in a way that I never could have expected. I remember it. I was alone when all of a sudden the sky split and right in front of me was standing an angel. I'd never seen an angel before, but somehow I knew it was. And this angel was clothed in white and light and more beautiful than anything I'd ever seen and yet at the same time more terrifying. For I was flesh and bone and it was spirit. And my knees knocked as though I was a dead woman. And he greeted me. Greetings, O favored one, the angel said. The Lord is with you. No one has ever greeted someone this way. So high a greeting for so low a person. What did he mean, greetings, O favored one? The Lord is with you. This word favored, eucharisto, actually could be translated grace. Some of your people say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But grace means favor. This angel came to me and said, Greetings to you, the one who is graced. God is with you. But when we hear the words, God is with you, what they meant to me was, the Lord is not only with me, but the Lord is for me. Why would the Lord be for a 14-year-old girl in the middle of nowhere? I hadn't done anything. Well, the angel knew I was frightened to death. And so he said to me, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. If we took the rest of the day, I could not describe to you the variety of emotions I felt inside of me as my world tilted. You have found favor with God. God knew my name. Not only did God know my name, but God favored me. And he favored me in such a way that I would conceive a son and that I would call his name Jesus. Yeshua which means the Lord is salvation. That this child was to be a special child. The angel said he will be called great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father Jake, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. My son was going to be a king. And not only a king, but the king of kings. The one who was proclaimed as the Messiah. The one who would sit on the throne of David. Who would rescue his people. Who would rule over them. It's hard for you to understand. Because you didn't live in my culture. But from the beginning as a child, we had heard stories of one who would come, the great king of kings, the one over all, the one that has been prophesied about since the beginning of time. And here was this angel coming to me saying, you are the favored one. And you will have a son. And his kingdom will have no end. He will be the Messiah. He will be the one who is salvation. I stammered out, 
with my voice, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered me, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born in your womb will be called Holy, the Son of God. God would place a child inside of me. He would be the Father. And through the Holy Spirit, He would bring life inside of my womb. And this child who would grow inside of me, who would, would not only be flesh and blood, but would be God Himself, the Son of God. I would carry a child for God, the Messiah. Why me? What have I done to deserve such a gift that God would think so highly of me? I've had much time to think about this. See, when you hear my story, you want to look at me. And I tell you to look not at me, but to look at Him. Because the reason He chose me is quite simple. Because He loves me. God chose me and favored me because He is my Father. And He loves me. See, that's what grace is. To give love to people who do not deserve it. And I most certainly did not deserve it. But God chose me. See, God's salvation is individual. It's personal. And God gave me this great gift simply because He wanted to. I guess I was the first one to receive a Christmas gift. But this Christmas gift is for us all, is it not? He may have came to me, but He came through me to you. My son, Jesus, who did he seek out? The lost. Those hungering and thirsting for something more. Seeking to know God. The lonely and the hurting. He cared. I watched him again and again over the course of his life as he loved the unlovable and showed the favor of God to people that no one would think were worthy. <clears throat> If he came for me, he certainly came for you too. For God gives favor. Without limit, he never runs out of love. For God is love. Well, I had to respond to such a thing. What does one say in response to such a promise? When I stood in front of this awesome angel, I mean, he didn't say that I had a choice. Did he? But we always have a choice. To embrace God's plan for our lives or to embrace ours. Do I embrace God's grace, this greatest gift, or do I turn my back on his love? I mean, that's what we all did in the beginning, isn't it? To turn our back on the favor of God. But I knew there was only one thing to be said in response to this great expression of love. I am the Lord's servant. 
Let it be to me as you have said. Oh, if I had known what that meant. But I want to move on with my story. I'm going to skip over Joseph um, because I know that my husband has talked about um, us and I want to talk about our journey to Bethlehem. But first, I need to talk about going to visit Elizabeth and coming back. For the angel told me that even Elizabeth in her old age had conceived and so I had to go. I had to know that it was true and I stayed with my relative Elizabeth for three months. I just left. I took off. Joseph must have thought I got cold feet. I don't know. But it was time to come back. And I remember walking into my village three months pregnant. My joy turned to shame and everyone looked at my stomach. You see, there was no one who understood. Not one person. And I've never, ever, ever felt so alone in my entire life. My family wanted to disown me, kick me out. The town wanted to stone me. And Joseph, I can still see the betrayal etched on his face as he felt a knife in his heart. And yet I had not done anything. I'd said, I am the Lord's servant. Why would he do this? What was it that got me through that lonely period of time? The answer was simple. Jesus was with me. Now you might say, He's, he was just a baby. <laughs> My son, just a baby. While he was growing in my womb, this one is older than time itself. As he was growing in my womb, who do you think was managing the universe? Who do you think was the one that spoke words and spoke the universe into existence? See, when the angel said, the Lord is with you, he literally meant the Lord is with you. God came near to us to be known. And there has never been anyone nearer to me than Jesus. And so I guess it was fitting that I would feel so alone, so that I would know how near He truly is. And my son, in a way that I cannot understand, ministered to me and communicated through the Holy Spirit, I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. That was the promise. God came near. Without giving up what he was, he became what he was not. This was no ordinary child. Though he was fully man, he was fully God. And it was my body that grew him. Every morning, my body helping to give him a body. But he was Emmanuel, God with us. As I would stare down at my belly and see the Son of God, life inside. My times were lonely, but I was not alone, for the Lord was with me. 
It was Jesus who sent that angel to Joseph so that Joseph would know. See, my hope was not in Joseph. It was in my Lord and my son who knew what I needed and gave me what I needed at the right time. As Jesus came into my life to take up residence, so he wants to do in your life as well. You might say, like me, I don't deserve it. You're absolutely right. But it is the grace and the favor of God, for our God is gracious, that makes this possible. And He came to be near to you too, to take up residence in your life through the Holy Spirit that He might be in you as He was in me. And so can He not also be near to you in the midst of your loneliness? in the midst of your sorrow, maybe in the midst of your shame? The answer is yes. As he was for me, so he is for you. There is an irony to this whole story that as Jesus was growing in me, there were so many who were near and yet so many who were far away. As I would walk through the village and people would turn their heads, oblivious to the fact that I was carrying the Son of God in my stomach. You can be so near and yet so far away. I want to talk about heading to Bethlehem. For as it says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be registered. This was the impetus of why we traveled 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I found it quite ironic how this all worked out, for this proclamation came from Caesar Augustus. He was the one that ruled over our nation. I don't know if you know much about Augustus. The word, uh, his name means worthy of worship. His main name was Octavian, but it was changed to Augustus because he was the one that saved Rome. In fact, they called him Savior. And when his father, Julius Caesar, died and they proclaimed him a god, do you know what they told Augustus and communicated that Augustus was? Well, he, of course, was the son of God. And so they made a proclamation on his birthday all the cities unanimously adopt the birthday of the divine Caesar as the beginning of the year. The birthday of the God Augustus has been for the whole world the beginning of the gospel concerning him. Therefore, let us celebrate his birth. I had to chuckle to myself for I knew where the true Savior was and where the true good news was to be found, not in the might of Caesar Augustus, but in the life of my son, Jesus Christ. And Augustus was simply a pawn that God was using to move me from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And so Joseph had to go to be taxed. His relatives were from the city of Bethlehem. And I went with him as well. And it's important for you to understand why I went with him. I mean, it, I was a week from having a child. 
Any sane woman would not take a trip of five days over rough ground to have a child. Why did I go? It was because there was nowhere else for me to go. There was nowhere else for me to stay. I had to stay with my husband. And so I went. I still remember that journey. 90 miles over five days. I was pregnant. I had to pee all the time. My feet were swollen. This was a long, long journey. But as I trudged on these desert-like uh, uh, areas, I thought about Jesus, my son, and what a long journey he was taking from heaven all the way to earth and how uncomfortable he must have been in my stomach, the one who could measure the universe with the palm of his hand in a tiny little space. Joseph was so sweet, he took care of me. And we would talk at night about our son, Yeshua, how great he would be and what it would be like to raise the Son of God. We got to Bethlehem. And you need to know something about our culture. Joseph had relatives in Bethlehem. And family was everything in our culture. Bethlehem was not a big town. There was no hotel there for us to stay at. The way that you would stay, uh, where you would stay when you would go, is you would stay with relatives, no matter how distant they were. In fact, our culture by custom said that you had to keep a room in your house or at least an area in your house where you could put up family uh, when they were in town. But we were tainted goods. See, the news travels fast. And so as we entered into Bethlehem, my nesting instinct was on overdrive. And as Joseph began to knock on relatives' doors... And the doors opened. Hello, Joseph. Oh, this is your wife, Mary. And I see that she's pregnant. How long have you been married? They knew. And so they would take this time to dress us down, either very vocally or very subtly. But the message was always the same. I'm so sorry, there's no room. No, there's no room for you here. We would put you up if we could, but it's very busy, you know, with the census and Passover and everything's going on. Um, so there's no room. Finally, there was one relative. Said, there's no room here in our house, but there's always the stable. In other words, Joseph and Mary, your family, just like our animals, our family. that would have broken me if not for the fact that I knew that Jesus humbled himself to come into the world in such a way. Could I not also lower my head and walk in the path that he was walking for me? And so we went to a stable and tried to make it as clean as one can make a stable possible. I remember the night when Jesus came 
My water broke. My breathing became labored. And the whole world seemed to hold its breath. Of the animals they knew. All of creation knew. Except for humanity. Can you imagine that? As I pushed and pushed, frantically, in the throes of birth, until the little cry of Yeshua split the night. For today in the city of David, a Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord. And there that night was Joseph, myself, and the Son of God. Later that night, out of nowhere, this, this ragtag group of shepherds showed up, coming to see our son. The angel had appeared to them and told them, and they had come with awe and on bended knee. The lowest of the low, they came. See, that's who Christmas is for. Those who would receive the message. Those who know they need a Savior. For the forgotten, for the lowly, and for you. I chose to walk the path that God had for me. And it is true that I, above all women, are blessed. Because I was nearer to Jesus on this earth that anyone has ever been near before. But you can come near too. For if you go to the tomb of my son Jesus, you will not find him. For he is risen. And though his body and his person are in heaven, he has comes into each one of us who would receive him through the power of the Holy Spirit and makes your stable a resting place for his presence. This is my story, a nobody that God chose to give favor and grace. Each of us has a path to walk, a fork in the road. Who will you choose? Well, that's your story. But I hope that my story has encouraged you. Seek the Lord while he is found, for he is near to all who call upon him, all who call upon him in faith. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, you came in such a humble way to show that you came for ordinary people just like us, like Mary, let us receive your grace and your favor that you might come to cleanse the stable of our hearts and dwell in our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. May that be more real to us than ever this Christmas season. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.